Hello, and welcome to Things That Make You Go, WTAF, a podcast that brings you the unvarnished banter behind the scenes of our YouTube series, Women, Travel, Art, and Food. I'm Kelly Grayler, CEO of fine art licensing agency, Alice Riot, and co-host of WTAF. Join me, Diana O'Gilvie, and our guests each week for straight talk of how we manage our careers, entrepreneurial endeavors, and personal lives as we seek out exceptional food and art experiences around the world. Is it worth the effort? Fuck around and find out. Ladies, how are you doing? Really well. Doing well. Yeah. It's Friday. No complaints. And I'm I'm sitting in beautiful, sunny, warm Minneapolis. <laughs> supposed to get we're supposed to get another dump of slush over the weekend. Can't wait. So, Corinne, where are you? I'm in West Palm Beach today. My new home, the new house. It's coming together. Still living out of boxes. Uh, we're about eighty percent set up in the new home, and uh, hopefully by the end of the weekend, everything will be in full uh, where it should be mode. Yeah. Diana. I'm in Kingston, Jamaica. (laughs) Where it's really sunny and hot outside. I think we're doing something right, Kelly. I think there might be (laughs) (laughs) every. Yeah, I think the two of you are doing something right. Uh It's funny because I... I like all four seasons. I like the the distinctive like change and maybe it's because I grew up with it. So I, the idea of living somewhere where the weather is going to be largely the same year round. I don't know. It just doesn't, I, I like, I like the, I like anticipating what's coming next, but this is the one that's tough because March is so unpredictable up here in terms of it can, it can start to feel like it's like, Oh my God, 60 degrees, here comes summer. And then boom, you get hit with another snowstorm. So. Yeah, no, thank you. I'll stop at fall. (laughs) Hoodie hoodie weather is about where I go these days. I'll tell you, once you leave the winter, you can go into it, but it's nice to go. Oh my gosh. I, I love coming back to the sunshine. Yep. Snowbird. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty weather. I like that. It's all you need. Okay. How pathetic is this? We spent the first couple of minutes on our first episode talking about the weather. (laughs) We'll we'll see if that makes the cut or not. It's like true Minnesotan. I I feel like it's the really Minnesotan thing to do. So you can't take the Minnesota out of the girl. This is it's true. This is true. And I and I continue to taunt Diana going, oh, my gosh, we should have stayed in L.A. for some extra time because we would have seen the snow land in L.A. When did that I happen? saw that post. It's so funny. I was on Instagram and my local neighborhood coffee shop that I would always walk in between calls. I was like, oh, it's raining really hard. No, it's snowing. Like it was literally snowing in my neighborhood. And I was like, that's a plot twist. Yeah, Peace. I'm going back. Yeah. Diana, you didn't like the picture of all that snow on the mountains behind the Hollywood. No, I, I I liked it way in the distance when we were driving in LA. I liked it way out there. Maybe it looked like it was another state. That's as much as snow I can deal with. Oh, snow-capped mountains, like hundreds <laughs> of miles away. Yes. Not not on top of the Hollywood sign. No. 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 Well, for those of you listening, we are uh we are. Oh my gosh. Like I'm, I'm so out of practice with recording. Um, so again, this is going to be stuff where Farhana can help us cut it out and whatnot. So I'm not going to worry too much about it, but 
Uh, welcome to the first episode of uh, our podcast. Have we even decided what we're going to call this thing? We haven't. We don't even have a name for this yet. But we're excited to have these conversations and bring them to you because what we're bringing is the discussions that we have behind the scenes uh, when, when we are recording episodes of WTAF. Um, just just for uh, context, I'm Kelly Grayler. I'm the CEO of Alice Riot, and we are a fine art curatorial licensing and consulting agency. Our entire purpose is to help women artists grow outside of traditional art world channels. And we do that through everything from art licensing deals with brands to virtual reality integrations. We've even dabbled in the NFT space. Got a lot of strong opinions about that one. And what this is about is what didn't end up in the episode. Obviously, when we are on the road and we are recording these episodes of WTAF, we are, you know, the whole purpose is for us to get out there, travel to places around the world, have really great food and art experiences, and, and share the stories of the artists and the chefs behind those experiences. And um, I'm just, I, I there's part of me that is just, I want to pinch myself that we're even sitting here and doing this recording because the whole idea for this content series was an idea that I had on Mother's Day 2020 when we're in the middle of a pandemic shutdown and I'm watching old episodes of No Reservations. And as much as I love Anthony Bourdain asking, who's doing this from a woman's perspective? And really, there, with a, you know a few things here and there, there really isn't anyone out there doing this from a woman's perspective. And so WTAF is a content series that is a part of Alice Riot. So as we're thinking about what we do to help women artists grow, part of that work is to get out there, meet them, and share their stories. And so that is the entire purpose of, of, of this series. Um, but I think what's fascinating are the conversations that we have uh, when we're not on camera the things that don't make it into the episodes that we record, the conversations we have in the car as we're driving from one location to the next. And it's it's fascinating stuff because it, it everything has this theme. It's around what are we doing to grow and be successful in our career endeavors? Um, what are we, uh, how are we juggling this? Because nothing is linear. Um, as much as I would love to say, you know, we go to a, a location, the only thing I'm thinking about is the episode. That's not true. Diana will tell you that. And, you know, I think that um, we think that it's important to, to share share experiences because we can learn from those and, and grow ourselves um, by listening to what other women in particular experience um, as, as we are forging ahead. So, um, so, you know, that that's going to be the intent here is that we we share and give you a glimpse behind the scenes of uh, what we talk about and what we experience and and what we jump over as we are working to get each of these episodes done. But holy cow, I have to I have to be really clear that I have only known Diana for a year. Corinne, I'll get to you in a minute. I've known you for a long time, <laughs> but Diana, you and I only met a year ago. In Atlanta, yes. when we yes. think tank for Alice Riot. So I want you to share with people why, like, where was your head at? Because you came up to me and caught me off guard when you were like, I want to talk about WTAF. And I was not even thinking about that when we were at the think tank. But where where were you coming from? Yes. Well, happy anniversary, Kelly. 
happy one year of knowing me. <laughs> well, you know, we met in my other life where I work as a Web3 communication specialist. And uh, we walked into that Alice Wright think tank and you were introducing Alice Wright to us. And then I saw, yeah, I do the show, you know, WTAF, Women Travel, Art and Food. And then my, you know, spidey senses went up. Um, so then, uh, because I do have extensive background in food and travel journalism, um, you know, we're all multifaceted people. So I do that as well. So yeah, at the happy hour, I just walked up to you and I said, I want to talk to you about WTAF. I do have some ideas for you. And then here we are three episodes later, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's amazing. And, you know, the universe just unfolds as it should. There's no, there's no accidents. There are no coincidences. There, there we are, no. we are where we're supposed to be. Well, and and you know, in that in that moment in Atlanta, you know, I was there with this. You know, we were we had just shifted Alice Riot. So when we first started Alice Riot, we tried to be an apparel company, and I have huge respect for product makers and 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 those who work in those spaces. Um, I have no business being in those spaces. Um, I am, I'm a connector. I am an advocate and I, you know, that's where I need to be in terms of doing my best work. So we were, you know, we were shifting. Like, I think when I spoke with you, Diana in Atlanta, Erica was on our team was just helping us liquidate the rest of our inventory of the apparel. We were just starting down this path of how can we be of service to help brands and artists connect with each other and really starting to understand what was shifting from a technology standpoint, um, you know, around digital art, but then, you know, the, the, um, the explosion that was happening at the time of NFT art, which we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. That's like an entire episode in, in of itself, mm. but, you know, but this, this was, um, lost my train of thought happens a lot at this age. Um, but I think, you know, we were we were so focused on this shift for Alice Riot. Meanwhile, I was still trying to get this idea of WTAF off the ground. We started first with podcast episodes because I couldn't travel. And so um, did, a, did a series of, of podcast interviews that were really terrific. You know, I'm super grateful to Stephanie Manassa of SM Art Advisory and Berkshire House, um, Jerry Saltz with New York Magazine. Um, you know, Molly Barnes, who is a, a fantastic curator um, based out of the UK and had developed this, this website called She Curates and it has like over 200 stories of works by women artists. And so those were really great conversations, but certainly when we were in Atlanta and, you know, hey, yay, we can travel again and thinking about how we shift the business model for Alice Riot to be more of a consulting agency, um, you know, at that time when we were in Atlanta, I was just, I was a few weeks out from going to New York and like had no idea how I was actually going to film an episode in New York, but I had booked, I had reached out and I had, uh, you know, I had people lined up to interview and yes, no coincidence. Here comes Diana. She's going to produce and direct the first episode for us. And so thank you for coming to New York and doing that. Um, and, and I know we had lovely, beautiful weather in New York while we were doing that too. Yeah, typical. I think it was a nor'easter that flew by. Yeah, I mean, New York was a good time. You know, I mean, I lived in New York for almost 30 years. It's, you know, my old stomping grounds. Um, so it was good to be there and seeing 
New York through the WTAF lens, which was really, really, really cool. Well, and, and it, it certainly was our first one out of the gate. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that um, I remember most about the New York episode is what happened after we filmed in New York and you go to Mexico City and you're posting videos on Instagram and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. The... Diana, you need to be in front of the camera, not just behind the camera. And, uh. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. We're all dealing with our own, you know, get get comfortable mm-hmm. in front of the camera moments. Um, yeah, but um, but I'm just I'm thrilled that we're here now, and we now have two of the episodes, episodes two and three, where you're on camera with me, and yes. that I think that has just that has punched up the the show in a really really terrific way. Um, so, and we'll spend more time in the future talking about the the episodes themselves and what we've done. Um, I'm just really happy, though, as as we grow Alice Riot, to be able to showcase the stories of artists and chefs through our content, um, because you know this is this is you know the the whole why for all of this is still very real. Um, uh, you know, we're looking at so many shifting dynamics in the fine art world, and I don't see anybody really lifting hard to help overcome the challenges and the inequities in the art world. You certainly have great organizations that are that are focused on it, but when you look at the actual commerce channels for art, there's still a celebration and a and a value that is much higher placed on works by male artists. And so, if you're a if you're an artist and you're just getting your practice off the ground and you're seeing that the you know the the market really isn't going to be there for you to help grow what are the other avenues where you can go whether it's licensing or it's custom commissions or collaborations moving you know thinking differently about your art practice in terms of where your commerce opportunities are to reach new collectors that's the stuff that gets me excited for Alice Riot and I just love being able to bring forward stories of the artists that we've interviewed to um to, to help showcase them and, and give them opportunities and a, and a stage to, um, to share what they do and why they do it. So, um, it's, this is, this is fun. And I know we're just getting started and like, I, I, we're going to have to spend a lot of time talking about all the next places we're going to go, but let's, um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I want to talk about Corinne. Hi, Corinne. Hi. 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 Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember. So you joined Best Buy in 2007, I believe. Yep, 2007 or 2008. It was it was like definitely the back half of the that decade. And gosh, you've known me in in three different phases of my life, three different big phases. Yes, and 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 I want to talk more about what those phases are as we as we move on here. But I'm I'm excited about the fact that I was sitting in. West Hollywood at the Barish restaurant in July, 2021 with you mm-hmm. and, and my son was with us talking about what we were looking at doing differently for Alice Riot and this idea of WTAF. And then fast forward to February, 2023, we're sitting together with Diana at the Barish, Chef Nancy Silverton's lovely, lovely restaurant inside the Hollywood Roosevelt filming an episode together like holy cow like 
that just, I love, I love how that all came together. I've always been a big personal and professional champion of yours. And, and, and I think, you know, what's really great is you're a visionary and, and, you know, we've as entrepreneurs and you, you, you try new ideas, you continue pivoting, but you know, it was just such a nice, reach out. I mean, gosh, it was probably what last fall or even, even maybe a year ago. And you said, I want to float something by you. And I want to see what you think and just get a reaction, good, bad. Like, what do you think about it? And it's funny how you take an idea and next thing you know, it's, it's in trajectory now. And it's really cool to see it have come to life. Well, and you, you, uh, you took time out of your busy, busy life and schedule as a venture capitalist, as an entrepreneur, um, to join us in LA a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You had just moved away from LA. I literally had just left a week ago and I came back. I was like, well, here I am. So, you know, back. So it goes. That's, that's where I am. I'm somewhere around the globe always. But yeah, new residence down here in Florida, but uh, moved out of Minnesota uh, during the pandemic, was just kind of getting looking for a little change to get, you know, hikes in. And we didn't know how long it was going to last. So just kind of, up, sold my house on a whim and moved to California for uh, two solid years and really enjoyed uh, the sunshine life. And then I, now, like we were talking about earlier, I can't leave it. Cannot leave it. So you just swapped California for Florida. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. When are you coming back to Minnesota? I should be back at the end of the month for, for a work planning session. So I've got some uh, business meetings coming up there at the end of the month. And I'll be, so far I've been on this cadence back every other month or so. So it's nice to check on my entities, check up on my sister and my friends and kind of make sure everything's still, still in a good, good way over there. Well, and, and Diana, you're back in Kingston. You're based out of Atlanta though. I am. Yeah. And how frequently do you get back to Kingston? You know, I don't plan these trips. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing this is you know like last year I was back home four times and yeah at the yeah this is my first trip home this year so I don't plan I don't plan sometimes I'll just be like let me see what um what uh cheap fares I can find and then yeah I this was probably like uh 29,000 miles to come home during this time. So I was like, yeah, we just, we just come home for, oh, you know, 10 days. So I don't plan these trips. <laughs> it's when the spirit moves me. Well, and we will spend time in the future talking about the importance of, uh, um, of acquiring miles and saving, <laughs> using miles and, yeah. and arguing when the use of the miles isn't to our satisfaction. Um, but those are important. Those are important to have. To me, that's like that's like a no brainer. Save yeah. miles. Get in. Get in the miles programs. Um, you know, I. You know, so let's talk a little bit about um, L.A. So we were down in Los Angeles. Well, down for me, over for the two of you. Um, we were there. Uh, well, I, I know Diana and I. You and I arrived on Valentine's Day. And, and then proceeded to go, you know, and start filming immediately as soon as we were there with In-N-Out Burger and then later on with with Little Damage ice cream and with Gorilla Tacos. Um, and, I, and, and at one point, I know during dinner, I looked over at Diana, Diana at Gorilla Tacos and I said, 
I think the waiter thinks that we're actually out on a Valentine's Day date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then it turns out that he was talking about his plans to move to um to New York. And he he was a drag performer, he was telling us, and really excited to move to New York and be a part of that scene. And we're all just like, oh, but then don't like try to deny it and run for Congress and Totally, like, <laughs> like a certain a certain elected official from New York right now. So um, that was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I think though that you know, and then Corinne, I know you joined us a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. We hit a lot of really great uh, venues, like like the Bearish Restaurant, and um, the Felix Art Fair was taking place at the same time at the at the Hollywood Roosevelt. Um, I loved that art fair. I loved the intimacy of it with, with each gallery set up in one of the cabanas around the Tropicana pool. Um, I loved, there was, it was more of a, uh, it felt more um, intentional and conversational. Like when you stepped into one of those cabanas, the individuals in there wanted to speak with you. They were excited to spend time talking about the, the works on display which I thought was a sharp contrast to the experience we had the next day when Diana and I went to the Freeze Art Fair, um, Freeze LA. Um, That was the opposite of welcoming and warm. (laughs) And it was, it was, um, I mean, I'm I'm so glad we had the experience doing Mm -hmm. it, but it certainly, um, it reinforced why Alice Riot does what we do because there is a lot of, there are many barriers for artists um, in the fine art world. And I think Freeze LA was, um, was a really uh, clear example of that. Um, And it certainly makes me less interested now in going to Art Basel Miami or other art fairs, because I'm like, if this is the experience We've got places to play and see and do outside of those venues. Um, you know what's interesting? Because I did Art Basel Hong Kong, I want to say five, no, more than that. At least seven, seven years ago. And it was huge, you know, in the Shenyang district. And I had, I think that was probably my first big art fair. And I had the opposite reaction of what we experienced at Freeze. I mean. This was probably like three times as big as Freeze. And, you know, you know, it takes place over a number of days. And it was just more welcoming. Um, the artists themselves were actually there. I remember speaking to a number of artists. And I think I was there on assignment for, um, for a publication, which I can't remember right now. But it was really interesting talking to the artists um, and getting their, their perspective on their work. So I don't know if it's, if it's something that's different outside of America, or if it's, you know, this very business of the art world, let's just get things sold, sold, sold. You know, it was, it was interesting. It, 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 it was, it felt, it felt um, very aloof. Um, I, I, you know, I, and it, and it is, it was incumbent upon, I, I certainly, and I mean, it played into some of the stereotypes of the art world with, the board gallery assistant who's sitting in the in the booth and glances up at you and makes a decision within two seconds whether or not you're someone worth talking to, and then yeah. they put those back in their phone or on their computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was it was also in in my estimation. I think it was 
in some ways it was really, it was, it was a great pulse check. So if I had to point out something that I thought was positive about it, I loved that there were galleries represented from, from Lagos, from Tehran, from Hong Kong, from, you know, from places around the world, not just the majors, although obviously, you know, the, the Zwerner and the Gagosian and the major galleries had their giant center anchor points on in 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 the tents mm-hmm. but like seeing the artwork that was being presented from other perspectives on the planet so to me it was a really good pulse check on on how current culture is intersecting with with art um so i did really appreciate that part of the experience but a couple of things i think increasingly I'm I'm more and more expecting to see more women artists, see more artists of color. And it still felt like we were kind of, you know, preserving the the narrative for the established artists. I mean, I, you know, seeing a Keith Herring there, seeing a Damien Hurst there, which frankly I thought looked a lot like a Yoya Kasama. <laughs> but um it it was it it just felt like it was still playing to the same, the same traditional. Um, views on what what is considered high art and Mm -hmm. and 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 I know I said this to you Dinah like in a couple of cases hearing the gallerists tell the story of what that artwork represented I didn't want to hear the gallerists speak to it I wanted to hear the artists speak to it and yeah there there wasn't a digital you know interface where maybe there was a video of, of the artist talking about his or her work there wasn't a presence I didn't see of artists there. So it felt, it felt like it was very much playing into, like I said, the, the, um, the, uh, the commerce aspect of fine art that has been long established and rewards very few. Um, I, I do wonder if we would have wore sunglasses, if people would have talked to us more. And sipped on our $35 glass of wine. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. I'm 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 like, I'm sorry. I'm I know I'm privileged and, and I can afford to attend this fair, but I'm not paying 35 bucks for a glass of Prosecco. Sorry. No. 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 <laughs> not doing it. Although we did have a little bit of fun um leaving, you know, we were doing a little bit of guerrilla marketing on our own. And I, I kept leaving business cards for the Black Dove collection that we just dropped um in bathroom stalls and on benches. So um I was littering. It was fun. <laughs> Still waiting for something to come back from freeze, like a cease and desist. You know, you didn't pay to have presents at our fair. You cannot just leave your QR codes everywhere. So they fell out of fine. your purse. They'll be fine. It's an accident. <laughs> I, I They'll be fine. Leave it there. Oops. Uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very, very sorry that the the time change on yoga at the Mocha. Um, into my <laughs> spam folder. That's where I found it. Oh, you did! I found it in my spam folder. Oh. <laughs> I apologize that we said we dispatch you to go take a yoga class at Mocha, only to arrive and find out that it happened Thursday night. Sorry. It's okay. You know what? The the Mocha was great. They had a really lovely exhibit. Uh, that was one of the few places that had been on my list living in LA that I hadn't gotten to. I'd gone to some museums. And so either way, I found it to be a great plot twist to my Friday. 
and uh, got to see some some really great art pieces, some visual visual and digital art as well. And just it was it was a nice couple hour midday stroll. Well, I appreciate that given yeah. our conversation in the car about time and valuing people's time who you know people we work with and mm -hmm. um, obviously we we did we we sent you somewhere that ended up being a waste of your time but you were able to spin it into something that was meaningful for you so I'm grateful for that and I know D is too mm -hmm. um but that was you know that was I think one of the themes with the trip how we how we focus and spend our time and 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 preserve and defend our own time and and how that intersects with other people and how we allow outside forces to or we don't allow outside forces to um affect that um you know i i know that for me being in la i had items on my plate that i had to do that i wasn't counting on having while i was there on the ground and how that shooed into the time that we had so carefully mapped out in the weeks leading up to LA, where are we going to be? What time are we going here? You know, building, building our itinerary and then to have something come in and crash that, that I had to deal with. Um, but how that ultimately in turn affected Diana and all the work that we had done to get this mapped out and the amount of flexibility that we then needed to have to still do what we wanted to do while we were on the ground, but not, following that itinerary to the T that we had built before we got on the plane. I mean, life is going to pull you in so many different directions if you let it. And no matter how much prep you, Diana, or myself did going into that trip or any other trip that we take, it's you try to black and tackle your time to make sure you're focused and you're present, you're dedicated, but people are always going to want your time. And I think, you know, I when I came out to LA to see you guys, I ju had just started onboarding into one of my new roles and some unexpected things. I'm going, okay, I need a computer for this. I'm down here, right? That you're, you're always trying to troubleshoot. But I think one of my biggest things that I have spent probably the better part of the last two years working on is, is being present where I'm at, when I'm at, you know, stepping away for emergencies, the, the phone call that you quote unquote have to take, but making sure that you're showing up for the people you're with and the experiences that you sign up for, whether that is a 30 minute call on your calendar, a brunch with friends, a trip to LA with you guys, you know, I think it's giving your best self as much as you can. And, and there is, you know, there that's as you can, because there, like I said earlier, there's things that are always going to come up. But agree with all of that. We were, we were having a very specific conversation though, mm -hmm. when we were driving around LA, which for those of you who have never been, all you will do is drive around. <laughs> there is that great song from the 80s, Walking in LA, and it's true. Nobody walks in LA. Um, everybody drives. Um, it is a constant traffic jam. But as we were in one of our traffic jam moments, you were talking about assumptions people will make mm. about your time and your availability based on what they think that they know about you. Yep. And that I think is really a fascinating position, especially for women. Um, the idea of, well, you, you don't have kids, so therefore you're available right now to drop everything and do something. Or um, you aren't able to do something because I see that you have a marriage and kids and a life outside of 
you know, the job. So therefore I'm not going to ask you to do something that maybe you are best positioned to do. Yeah. It, time is a really fascinating thing. I think people make a lot of assumptions about time and a lot, a lot about who you are and what you will and won't participate in on a day-to-day basis. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I respect other people's calendar. I want mine to be respected. So when somebody drops a meeting eight minutes before to me, that's rude. And un- they're unappreciative of the time, especially if there's no correspondence going along with that. For many years uh, in my corporate career, and it does still creep up, uh, not as often now, but in my corporate career, uh, I had, I guess, I, just to level set, I had been voluntarily unmarried and without children. But people felt that because I did not sign up for those two paths of life, I was automatically, I could automatically take on more work, more share. Well, Corinne doesn't have kids. She can do this. Or you know what? I have to pick up my kids. Therefore, you have to take this on because it has to get done. And so, you know, the way I think about it is whether I want to go to happy hour with you two and really connect and spend time plotting or simply catching up is is it should be valued as important as somebody who had who chose to have children has to pick up their kids. People don't value those things the same way and it's hard, but people, individuals like myself place emphasis on connection differently than maybe somebody else's. And that is okay. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I was just going to say, D. I I mean, this has to be something you've experienced as well. Yeah. Like wholeheartedly, both, both on the personal and the professional side, you know, as, as we move gracefully into this life, there's one thing that I know and, Time is our most valuable resource. We don't get it back. I give you my time. You best believe that that is something that is irrevocably um, valuable. You know, I'm sorry. There's construction happening outside. Barhana, cut that bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like on the personal side, I was, you know, with a group of friends and you know, one of my friends said, oh, Dana doesn't have kids. She really, she really doesn't have anything to do. And I was really offended by that. I had to pull him. Of course, it was a man. I had to pull him one side and be like, yo, you can't even make any kind of declarations on my life like that, you know. And in the corporate side, you know, Corinne, I, yeah, dropping that meeting request 10 minutes before. Um, and I learned the graceful art of calendar blocking. Even if I'm doing a 15 minute brainstorming session with myself, I'm blocking that sucker off. Like you're, you're, Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't know, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to respect my time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that one of the things that's hard for me, um, and, and I'm probably as much of a, of an instigator of those situations as I have been on the receiving end, um, the nature of what I did for 20 plus years inside corporate which is, you know, it's PR, it's communications, it's issues management, it's crisis communications. And those usually are factors that don't confine in a nine to five period. And so, you know, I've, I've always lived my professional life on more of an, as it happens um, timeline, because you know what, I'm, I'm, I can't say to a crisis, oh, I'm sorry. That, 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 um, that, you know, that shooting outside of one of our retail locations, I'm sorry, that should have happened on Monday morning <laughs> get to it. You can't do that. You have to <laughs> respond in the moment. Right. And Nine so, to five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, 
I have found myself, you know, I used to be one of those people who sent emails at midnight, never really with an expectation that someone's going to read it at midnight, but I have also heard enough stories and have been on that receiving end where you're like, did he expect me to reply at one in the morning? Um, and just how unclear that can be. Yeah. And then there's that added pressure as well, you know, because I've experienced that. And then like, I like clarity. So I went to my boss and was like, you sent out an email at 2 a.m. And then he cut me off and he's like, he was like, yeah, but I know you see it in the morning. I'm not expecting you to answer at 2 a.m., you know, and that just was just a lot of, okay. You know, he's like, I'm up, I'm thinking about something. And I'm, I'm just leaving that. So when you get to your emails, you'll have it. So that was a big relief. But I don't know if there, if there are people out there who expect you to respond to emails. There are, though. And, and that's oh. the thing is, I, I feel like even over the last five years, I've had to set some soft boundaries with myself. Even, you know, I'm going to look at email once on the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, right? I'm in a relationship-based role with some client service aspects to it. So and I get that some people tend to catch up on things over the weekends, but um, you can get pulled in and drawn in by the texts and the emails and things like that. It's, you know, there was an instance that a while back too, to add in some of the, there's a gender layer to this too, right? Yeah. And yep. And I think I just heard you say without question, Kelly, is that what? Oh, yes. Without yeah. question. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about something, Diana, as you were kind of sharing your last example where I was on a team and the manager of that team said, Hey, Corinne, going to have you hold down the fort that this afternoon, the guys and I are going to go golfing. And I was shell shocked. Yeah. F around and find out. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like the hell I am. Right. So, you know, I did the thing now knowing what I know that that's a hundred percent discrimination. You know, as somebody who is over a decade younger than I am now, I, I didn't know how to react to that. I was like, well, I'm going to wait till they leave and then I'm going to go work from home the rest of the day. Well, my mindset has certainly shifted, but hey, just because I'm female, maybe I do like golfing. Maybe I would have liked to join, right? But more so, I'm like, you're taking some time off. I'm going to do the same. It's just so interesting how people make assumptions, which is probably five other episodes, but just based on what they know about you, assumptions are never a great way to go. No, they're not. And oh, there there are multiple episodes to be <laughs> on on those experiences, but we'll we'll do those later. I, I just I think that um as we're moving ahead with, you know, and obviously that you know entrepreneurialism is not the same as corporate. Corporate is already funded, has SOPs in place, has structure in place, has revenues flowing in. When you're an entrepreneur, you're focused on, I'm bootstrapping this. I am investing my own money to get something to come back out of it. And you're looking at each dollar I spend, what's going to be the return on that dollar? And is it intangible or tangible as we get going? And and right now, like I think of, of WTAF and I think of Alice Riot as very much not a nine to five situation. I have to be thinking, I'm spending a lot of time on weekends thinking through, you know, business development and growth and what have you. But the point is that I love doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it to myself and it's something I enjoy. If I hated it, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also have to be mindful of the people who engage with us on growing Alice Riot on, on producing WTAF have lives outside of my own 
view of what's happening and to be respectful of that. Um, and But at the same time, I too have had to put down like really firm boundaries for myself because I have a relationship. I have a partner that we've been together for over 20 years and I can't completely ignore him. And so, you know, you know, he's been really good at saying, hey, date night, Thursday, block it off. And so I do. And that's also then where I see other people with the entrepreneurial spirit and they're like sending me text messages and expecting me to reply in the moment. And I've become much better at saying, not now. Can't deal with this now. Mm-hmm. I'll, talk to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, it doesn't always work though. And I think that, you know, again, every person is programmed so differently and we have to find ways to work with each other to make this happen. And God bless. I mean, Diana, apparently we work well together. I'm I'm so delighted to say that. Um, I've had plenty of experiences on this startup journey where I've worked with people and I'm like, oh, we don't work well together at all. <laughs> or, or our our work style <laughs> so different, or you are really comfortable, not not you personally, but you know, someone will be really comfortable dealing with like we're going to manage conversations on, on this project through Telegram. If if I have my way, I will never, ever, ever go back on Telegram. I hate that place so much. Um, yeah, me too. And that's another conversation down the road. But I think that it's, you know, I'm just pleased that we have been able to figure out a way to put an itinerary together, get to a destination, capture really incredible conversations eat incredible food, um, see incredible art and have great, you know, discussions with the artists behind the works. Um, this is, you know, this to me is like the dream of getting paid and, and, and my career being something I love and, 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 and we're just getting it designed and, and off the ground. And so I'm just pleased as punch. I've got the two of you involved, like, again, This is like the only thing that would make this moment better right now is a Dutch baby with prosciutto on it. (laughs) I was talking about that last night. Yo, that was so good. I think, you know, I mean, yeah, let's talk food for a minute, right? Because like LA kind of surprised me. I knew I was going into like a good food city, but I didn't know how good. (laughs) Because I haven't been to LA in a long, long time, like over like 15 years you know, um, and how we went from like the high end, as we normally do, Kelly, we go, you know, the, the wine and the, the Dutch babies and these beautiful things at Barish, but then you go to a place like Mei Ting in the parking lot of a supermarket in, um, you know, little Vietnam, and you're just like blown away by these flavors. And then, you know, finding out Corinne that you used to live in Thailand for a little bit. So it was just like, come in full circle. Um, you know, for me who lived in Southeast Asia, I knew we were going to eat good. <laughs> that may ting. I just didn't know how good. <laughs> Especially those sausages, those Thai sausages blew me away. They, they were blew incredible. Me those, away. those little coconut cakes, I could have just like, I could have eaten a hundred of those. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just how they, they had that, like almost like a burnt marshmallow flavor on the outside. Mm-hmm. Toasted, not burnt, toasted marshmallow, but just and that like, custardy on the inside. Oh, so creamy. Yeah. Just that coconut. Oh, 
Oh, and I love the skewers with the sticky rice. That was maybe my favorite. Those were yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, next time I'm getting a papaya salad. We need a repeat trip back. Yeah, man. that's all yeah. I gotta say. I'm like, hey, listen, when do we leave? But and 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 let's just do let's do a little bit of a shout out. You know that we do have plans for virtual reality experiences for WTAF that are in development right now. Um, we have a reason to probably go back to LA because the 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 plot we bought on Superworld, which is the um the metaverse experience that I'm betting is going to really help with consumer adoption of VR experiences because it looks like the real world. Um we have to go back and get B-roll of the new wing at LACMA because we own the Superworld plot for that. And lo and behold, the sculpture garden wasn't there when we visited because it's under construction for the new wing. So um so we have to go back and travel. Exactly. That's that's going to be our reason to go back. We have to. <laughs> yeah. And the and the other excuse we have to go back for is that latte. Man, I wanted to talk about that too. <laughs> and I didn't get the latte. Yeah. No. That 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 <laughs> yeah, itself, like, Kelly. You got to go sooner than we're going back as a as a trio here. But yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we we licked <laughs> the cup. Like it, it was like it was like there was a layer of flavor on flavor on flavor. Salt yeah. and cream and coffee and goodness. I was like, it that was might really be the good. best latte I've had in my life, hands down. What was the story? Was it daydream? What was it called? Uh, day glow. Day, day glow. Day glow. Yes, day glow. Day day glow. Yep. Yeah. The two yeah. of you were going crazy over that. That and it and it just had that like the black charcoal, so everything looked kind of uh, salty shook. and creamy yeah, and sweet. This is so amazing. We were yeah. just sitting there. The car—it's one of those car got silent for a solid few minute moment. Exactly. Conversation did stop. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> we're there licking the inside like, of oh the, the lid. Like, oh. <laughs> not wasting. No, I gotta tell you, I'm not actually not craving craving that latte. I didn't try it. I know that both of you enjoyed it, and I will do that next time. What I'm actually craving is another little damage black charcoal ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can like eat three of those right now. So, all right, we are going to, let's just, let's call it here. We're going to wrap this up. 